Welcome to another bonus segment of Get Geeky with Kiki. Today is a quick film review where I'm joined by my Mission Spooky hosts, Cord and JC, as we attempt to entertain you by tackling three different films in 30 minutes or less. This is your host, Kiki. With me today, two of the best men in the universe, Cord and JC. <laughs> best? Best. Now you know. I gotta talk you guys up. <laughs> <laughs> So today, we chose three movies that are all vampire-based. They got vamps in them. And, Cord, you and I have something in common with our movie. And I'm actually going to get into that really quickly before we begin the actual review process. Because this happens quite often. Not so often nowadays, but it used to happen a lot. Especially like in the 70s, 80s, a little bit in the 90s. And this is a twin movie or a triplet movie. And it's what happens when a script gets out and there is competition to see who can get their film out first. That is that particular theme. So in this case, with our vampire films, we had my movie, Vamp, came out in 1986. Lost Boys was 87. Ah. Once Bitten actually was 85. So that was the first comedy vampire film that came out. Interesting. That was a triplet movie. Another really famous one, and I think it's hysterical because I found out that I wasn't the only person who did this when I was reading Reddit column about movies. The Illusionist and The Prestige is a very famous twin film. It was so confusing when it came out that a lot of us went to go see The Illusionist thinking that we were seeing The Prestige. I remember that. It was confusing. <laughs> and, and I got into the movie theater and I'm telling my brother, I'm like, yeah, Christian Bale's in this one and blah, blah. And then, you know, Edward Norton's on there. And I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck, this is not this is not the prestige. God damn it. That, and then you're looking it up and you're like, fuck, that doesn't come out for like another month. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, you and your Christian Bale. Yeah, whatever. I went to go see it because <laughs> it looked good and it was a damn good film. Okay. They both were actually. Illusionist turned out. I was very happy that I went to go see it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so you'll see this a lot. The other big one is your monster movies. Jaws comes out and then everybody wanted to do a film that was about a animal going after humans. And a really famous one is Grizzly that was on uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. And with that segue, I want to tell you guys, please go listen to the Coolness Chronicles if you are an MST3K fan. Really interesting stuff. And so please go support Ryan over there at the Coolness Chronicles because he's doing a really great job of bringing all these interesting details about that show. Anyway, so who wants to go first? I have Vamp, Cord has Lost Boys, and JC has, I don't remember. What we do in the shadows. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Damn it. I love that. All right. Any takers? I'll go first. I don't care. Okay. Do it. Let me get into my space, my mental head space to do this. I watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the 2014 or 2015 movie. It came out in 2015 in the USA, came out in 2014 in New Zealand. It is written and directed by, I'm going to mess up these names, Jamie Clement and Takiti Watiti. I can never say it. Taika Watiti. I can never say his name right. It also, I believe, stars both of them. It does. Yes. Taika plays Viago. Jamie plays Vladislav. And the other main character, Johnny Brog, 
plays Deacon. And what this movie is about is three vampires who are flatmates, which is roommates. They share an apartment together for our, our American listeners. It follows three vampires from hundreds of years being immortal, trying to live in our day and age, dealing with werewolves, dealing with technology, befriending a human that they try not to eat, playing mind tricks on people. All together, this is a hilarious movie. It's very episodic. I can see how it inspired the American TV show, What We Do in the Shadows, which is also fantastic, which follows three vampires and one energy vampire that live in Staten Island, New York. Because even the movie, it's kind of like broken up into segments where it's like, OK, this part happens. Then a few weeks later and then or a few months later and blah, blah, blah. There's the three main vampires that look normal. And then there's Peter, who's an ancient vampire, thousands of years old, and he looks insane. All together, this was a fantastic movie. I recommend it to everyone. I'm going to give it an A plus because it's beautiful and hilarious. Such a good mixture of horror comedy. I mean, Takita Watiti. You, you can't go wrong. <laughs> he's wonderful. I can't say his name, but he's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> you butchered that name a second time, my dude. Yeah, yeah, I butchered it a thousand more times in my life. <laughs> I'm going to go next just because in the rotation, Vamp is 1986. Wow. Yours is 87. Wow. Well, I think I think what I have to say is actually going to be pertinent to probably your review. Okay. Yeah, because I think this is a case where, like I said, you had Once Bitten in 85, then you've got my movie Vamp in 86, and then you're going to have Cord in 87. And there is now Once Bitten, I still think is a, a very funny movie. Vamp had its moments, as I'm going to tell you, but it was almost like by the third try, <laughs> Lost Boys is firing on all cylinders and it has very funny moments in it. So, oh my God, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, the, one of the reasons that I still love Vamp so much is because the main vampire is played by Grace Jones. Some of you guys might know Grace Jones. Well, first of all, she was a model, actress, singer. Okay. She played famously Mayday. In A View to a Kill, she played Zula in Conan the Destroyer in 84. She was in Boomerang in 1992 with Freddie, uh, Freddie, just say Freddie Mercury. Wow. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> okay. Two very different yeah. things. <laughs> two very different people. Oh, yeah. But uh, what I always think was interesting is that Duran Duran did the song for A View to a Kill. And when they split up for a while and Simon and company started Arcadia. She sings backup on election day on that album. The basis of the story is so dumb. It really is. It's just stupid. It's like there's two fraternity guys. Chris Makepeace uh, is probably the only one that you're going to remember because he was also in Meatballs. They want to get into this fraternity so bad that they go to like one of the sleaziest places in town to find a stripper to pay her to come out uh, you know, to the fraternity to strip unknowingly walk into a den of vampires, including the head vamp, who is Grace Jones. It goes on for far too long. I think that is the biggest problem with it. It's an hour and 30 minutes, 33 minutes, really. And it is labeled a comedy fantasy because there are moments when it's funny, but it can't make up its mind. Is it going to be a comedy or is it going to be serious? 
Lost Boys, though, does a far better job of that, in my opinion, where there are some intense moments in that film, but the comedy is placed at the right time. So the timing in this one's a little a little off. Grace Jones, of course, is amazing, statuesque, freaking beautiful. And all the outfits they have her in, all the crazy shit that she's got wearing, it, it just it works because it's Grace fucking Jones. I think the funniest line in this whole thing is we're doing all this for a fucking fraternity pledge, which I thought was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first time that you see a little girl as a vamp, as far as I can remember, way before. Uh, well, in, in the movie format, I should say. Overall, probably a B minus. Based on the fact that if the runtime is just a little bit too long and things take too long to finish up, like the end scene, I'm like, oh my god, just fucking can we get oh, can we get this over with, please? But it's campy and it's got memorable moments in it, so definitely worth it as far as a cult classic. Grace doesn't even friggin' say anything in the whole movie. She, <laughs> she literally doesn't say a fucking thing. Like just her standing there is enough, you know. Like her presence is enough. It's crazy. Oh, I will say this: it's got Dee Dee Pfeiffer in it. Who is Michelle Pfeiffer's little sister? Interesting. Yeah. And Dee Dee was great. Overall, the acting, not terrible. Actually, I think that between Grace just standing there being like gorgeous and Dee Dee's acting kind of helped lift this up to a, a little bit of a higher level than a C or a C plus. So let's get to the absolute classic vampire film, The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. I get all the good movies. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I can't believe that you hadn't seen this yet. Yeah. So, Lost Boys was a good movie. The end. <laughs> That's my review. Nah. <laughs> so, for those who haven't watched it, we got a, we got a nice list of names that, that people will probably recognize. Between Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, Kiefer Sutherland, Alex Winter of Bill and Ted fame, bro. Hell yeah. And... Many more. As you said, definitely perfected the mix of comedy and seriousness in this film. And I enjoy it specifically because it, it almost seems like a greaser film that was made in the 80s. <laughs> Every, like, the main people that are involved are a biker gang clad in leather that are riding free all the time. It comes off as like a cool dude greaser movie, but then there's vampires thrown into it. And then you you also mix in the the 80s comic book culture. It turns out to be just a really good mix in this movie. What else to really say about it? The vampires are done very well. They don't really show the vampire form very often, but when you see the the small cluster of vampires turn into gross monsters, then you know like a, a seriously good scene is going to happen, whether it be them biting people's skulls in half or Corey Feldman throwing out a cheesy one-liner because that's pretty much his character throughout the whole movie was the one-liners, and that's why I think he's easily my favorite character in this film. But yeah, there's really, uh, if I say a lot, I'll end up spoiling a lot. This is a good movie. Most people that I know have already watched it, so you know what happens. But for those who don't, I would suggest going to watch it as soon as you're in the mood for a vampire movie, because it's a really good one. And I'm going to give it a B plus. And I think this is the first time I actually did a three-minute review in under three minutes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of The Lost Boys. This is a good movie. <laughs> I don't really have any complaints about it. That's <laughs> you gave it a B plus and you love it? Yeah. Okay. Not not an A minus? No. <laughs> it's got saxophone guy in it. Come on. 
I would I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> I think throughout the entire movie, Edgar Frog, he he throughout the movie became my favorite character. But for that one scene, Tim Capello, Capello, whatever, whatever however yeah, you pronounce it. Yeah. He was probably the most hypnotic thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Just every time they showed him on stage, I went, wow, what a, f- I didn't, they credit him. Hold on. IMDB credits him as beach concert star, but I was just calling him saxophone hunk because holy shit, a big, beautiful man slamming on the sax, humping the air and shit. I would go to that concert. <laughs> beautiful beach concert that is how he plays sax too man is that wasn't just for this it's it's beautiful i was like i was like hypnotized my girlfriend was looking at me like do you okay like yeah i'm i'm more than okay now this is crazy he's best known probably well if people remember saxophone guy from lost boys but um he played sax on a lot of tina turner's work in the 80s and 90s so he's a big muscly man i'll tell you that much yeah. He is what I believe people would consider a shit brick house. Brick <laughs> house. Yeah, one of those things. He's fucking shredded like my yeah. cheese. That's <laughs> <laughs> one thing that always used to irk me. Some of you guys might have might be listening to us and remember LimeWire. Oh wow, Dude, that's ancient. Where you could, you know, download yeah. things illegally. For- <laughs> One of the worst things about LimeWire, though, was um, that people would mislabel things. And it irked me to no end that the sound... First of all, the soundtrack for Lost Boys is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Secondly, Cry Little Sister, which is considered the theme, people would mislabel it as Bauhaus being the band that sang it. And I, being a huge Bauhaus fan, was like, No! (laughs) Fuck you, you motherfuckers! Um, This is actually Gerard McMahon. He wrote it and performed it. So just in case anybody wants to know. I know Marilyn Manson also did a version of it, but I'm not a Manson fan. So sorry. Old school goth for me. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Watch all the things, read all the things, and good luck on your dice rolls. 